And we're back. We, me, I mean me, Heather, I'm here, I'm back. The podcast is back. I did it. I made content. Is that enough? Please, someone alert the trades. I'm doing it. I'm out here. I'm making it happen. I am the captain of my own destiny. Anyway, folks, welcome to the show. Uh, This week's episode is brought to you by uh, my unwavering workaholism brought to you by childhood trauma, folks, childhood trauma uh, sponsored by my father, Tony, (laughs) and everyone else who bullied me as a child. That's why I do this. Uh, for you folks, bring you, I bring you content because I am filling an empty hole, no pun intended, inside of myself that was formed by years of childhood trauma, 18 years of it, to be precise. It didn't go well for me for a while. Anywho, here we are. I'm back. I've had, oh my God. So we're going to talk about this, but the, like the last, it, it was President's Day weekend, which means almost nothing, except you get Monday off if you're lucky. And yes, I don't want to brag about my lifestyle, but I did get Monday off. Okay. Did I use that time to get my nails done? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It took almost two hours to get my nails done yesterday but i mean the attention to detail folks amazing attention to detail i went to i think it's called (laughs) i think it's called (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's called platinum nails and it's on pico and westwood or overland pico and overland um living that west side life baby (laughs) not bragging um So this past weekend, I did some shows in the Bay Area. Um, This is my second time going up there. I'm still not really sure what to make of it as a uh, comedy town. The audiences, I would say, are smart. um, And they listen. So that's good. Uh, So I performed on Comedy Oakland. On Saturday night, I did two shows, 7 p.m. and uh, 9.30 p.m. Shows went fine. Got some food and drinks. <laughs> um, driving up to the Bay Area was easy. Okay. I did drive. I drove. I did it. The first time I went to San Francisco, well, the first, I've been to San Francisco three times now. So the first time, the first two times I flew. Okay. And now after driving this time, I think I'm definitely only going to fly in the future (laughs) because I, you know, as a road dog, comedy road dog here, um, you know, rolling with the best of them. I'm not really a road dog, but... (laughs) How many, like, real, like, road comics are still left? I'm sure there's a lot of them, right? But I don't know who they are because they don't hang out with the clubs. You know, they're just in those, like, those kind of, like, B-level comedy clubs. 
I won't name one, but I'm thinking of, there's two I'm thinking of right now. One's in Portland, and the other is in my hometown of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Don't shout it out all at once. But when I think of, like, a typical, like, road comic, I think about these guys who, like, you know, they sleep in their car. (laughs) Fine. Which is fine. Sleep in your car. You know, if you have to do that, do it. Okay, but listen, I have been able to, I afford myself a lifestyle where I do not need to sleep in my car. Okay, hopefully I will not need to sleep in my car. But in this story, I did almost think about sleeping in my car because of what happened, but I didn't end up doing it. Um, Yeah, classic road comics. Also, like, what is it with, is this like a thing now where comics choose to live in their car so that they can just like do spots and like sleep in their car in between spots. See, I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> and I love stand-up comedy. Trust me. Like I love it. Like I love being on stage. I love the adrenaline rush. I love the oxytocin that just like streams through my veins when I'm up there. You know, sometimes it's one of the only things that pulls me out of depression is going on stage but do i love stand-up comedy enough that i would be willing to sleep in the backseat of my honda civic hybrid (laughs) night after night in the rough western united states i don't think so and you know why because it's dangerous out there it's dangerous out there you like you honestly like where would you park your car i have so many questions for people who do this especially women Like, I just don't think I could ever do it. It's not for me. If it's for you, fine. Okay? But guess what? Just like Rose DeWitt Bucator in Titanic, when Jack Dawson said, you seem like more of an indoor girl, he was also talking about Heather Nicole Maroli. I I am more of an indoor girl. (laughs) I like the indoors. I like nice things. Okay, I earned these nice things that I have, that I enjoy indoors. I own several luxury candles. Okay, I'm burning uh, an intention candle right now for power. So hopefully that'll work. I'm also burning uh, my favorite scent candle from Anthropology, a volcano candle. (laughs) My dream is that one day Anthropology will sponsor this podcast and they'll just send me an endless lifetime supply of volcano candles. But until then, I'm burning them one at a time. $28 a pop. So, yeah, the drive to the Bay Area, it was fine. I honestly don't even remember it. A lot of it, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to uh, the most underrated Madonna album of all time, which is Confessions on a Dance Floor. If you don't know this album, do you really know who Madonna is as an artist? And yes, I know she's wacky. Okay. I know that her Instagram looks pretty choppy because let's face it. She's an older lady trying to use Instagram. And so it doesn't look good. (laughs) You know when people just like post these like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like they post like ultra pixelated photos like she obviously does not have if she does have a social media 
manager handling her Instagram, I'm like shocked because I don't know. It, it, it just seems like it's just her doing it. Anywho, Confessions on a Dance Floor by Madonna. Greatest Madonna album there is. Um, I also really like Bedtime Stories. Um, that album has Take a Bow on it. I think it also has Secret. And I believe it has Human Nature. Human Nature is probably the best known of those three songs. That's the one where she goes, um, you know, in the video, she's like in this like leather outfit and her hair. Wait, was her hair in like cornrows? Oh, God. I'm trying to th- some of the things Madonna did. <laughs> you know, today people would be like, got to cancel, got to cancel Madonna. We have to cancel her. Um, cancel culture is like getting out of control because today people wanted to cancel John Wayne. He's been dead for 40 years. Um, but guess what? Uh, a movie star who, you know, was supposed to be like the ultimate man's man. Like, I guess he said some like, (laughs) some like kind of misogynist or like racist. I don't know what the fuck he said. It was like some Playboy interview that people were freaking out about today on Twitter. That's how bored people are is that they will literally choose to get mad about something that happened before they were born and then tweet about it all day because nothing happened today. Well, I think Bernie Sanders announced that he's running for president. Fuck that. I'm not. Fuck Bernie Sanders. I'm not voting for him. I did vote for him in the uh, the presidential primary. In what year was that? I, I guess it was 2015. 2016? Anyway, he shouldn't be running. What was I saying? God damn it. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh yeah. Cancel culture. So yeah, people wanted to, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to dig up John Wayne's corpse and make an example of it. They're going to hang it in the town square and they're going to be like, you're fucking canceled. We're never going to watch that one movie with, (laughs) what's the movie where he's like, he, okay. So someone's been kidnapped it's the Old West. Is this all of his movies? <laughs> anyway, there's like there's like white people like playing Native Americans, and I guess they're basically like I guess you would call it uh red face, right? Um What the fuck is this movie? True is it what is it called? It's true grit. No, it's not true grit. Mm. Oh maybe this is it. Rio Bravo? No, that can't be it. Anyway, I've, I've watched one of these movies. And, uh, I mean, you can't make it today. You can't make these movies today, folks. He's been dead for 40 years. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Gotta cancel him. Um, yeah. So whoever, like, people are just getting canceled from beyond the grave. And I think that's fascinating. Um, Back to the Bay Area. So I'm in the Bay Area. Did the shows. Went well. Uh, Sunday I went to... This is a lifelong dream, folks. I went to the Winchester Mystery House. Located in San Jose, California. And this is something that I really wanted to see. Because um, 
Well, it's a story of a 160-room mansion in San Jose that was um, built by Sarah Winchester. And she was the widow of the son of the founder of the Winchester uh, Rifle Company. Uh, Yeah, so they were rich because they made guns. Um. And her husband died kind of young. I think he died in his 40s. They said this during the tour. I went on a tour. It cost $42. That's how dedicated I am to seeing this. Um, yeah. So I'm looking it up right now. So, um, oh, widow of firearm magnate William Winchester. Okay. So after her uh, husband died she went to see like some type of like medium or psychic and the, the medium told her that she would have to continue building onto a house uh, because she was apparently like being pursued by spirits of people who had died as a result of the rifles being shot. Crazy, right? So the instructions were to keep building onto the house until she died and, uh, you know, the house, like, it's known for having, like, you know, like, doors that go nowhere, windows that, like, go in, like, every direction. And that's on purpose. It's to, like, confuse the spirits, allegedly. Um, so I went. I love ghosty things. Sure. Um, but I've noticed as I've gotten older, even though I still, like, scare really easily. Like, if somebody taps me on my shoulder and I have earbuds in... That's, like, going to make me jump the fuck out of my seat. You know? It just does. Um, <laughs> like, I love haunted things. I really do. Like, I remember being obsessed with all of the ghost shows on the History Channel when I was a kid. And I think I remember when I was, like, 12 or 13, there was, like, this whole um, trend in ghost shows where, like, like, they would have people, like, hooked up to these... Uh, these cameras that like face them like you could see their face and then they would like go into these like haunted uh, places and the one on MTV was called Fear I remember that but there were there was one on like the Travel Channel or the History Channel that was a little different and they would have them like so they would have to like go to like an abandoned insane asylum <laughs> of course or like a hospital and like spend the night in there and they would like have to you know read about the <laughs> the stories of the things that took place there but what i realized as i've gotten older is that haunted things don't really scare me anymore like you know what really scares me is um you know being broke uh <laughs> like whenever i'm broke i'm like fuck this is scary this is this is they should make a haunted house of things like, oh, your your lights are getting turned off because you have no money. <laughs> you, or What about in the haunted house? There's like a room of just like hundreds of cans of tuna fish just like stacked in the corners. And they're like, this is what you're going to eat the rest of your life. Because <laughs> you didn't you didn't have savings. So you're going to eat this tuna fish the rest of your life. That's fucking scary. Or like, what if another room just had like all of my ex-boyfriends in it? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm laughing. There would be like 
so many like uh god every guy i've ever dated like was really into hats all of them like they were all they were all into hats all sports guys you know love sports well wait no the one one that i dated did not like sports and i thought that was i honestly thought that was weird he was into uh abusing me (laughs) that's what he was into instead of sports yeah he could give a fuck about sports or maybe he liked so i don't know what the fuck he liked he liked abusing me so uh (laughs) what would another thing in the haunted house be i don't know breaking a nail that sucks pretty bad um you get the drift so i don't think the winchester mystery house is haunted you know i was in there nothing really happened uh one door kind of like opened up a little but it was so drafty in there super drafty so i'm being very uh scientific about this i don't think anything was really going on there it was interesting they definitely make a lot of money with people coming through for the tours uh, forty dollars a head. There's like twenty people in the tour. They have a tour like every ten minutes. You know, that's a lot. Think about that. So, anywho, I saw that, and then I started the drive back to Los Angeles, which took a whopping total of eleven hours. I'm not making this up. It took me eleven hours to get home, and why is that? It's because the five was closed. And why was the five closed? Snow. It was closed because of snow. And uh, looking back on it, I probably should have taken the 101 all the way down. uh, Because the 101 does run through San Jose. And I did initially take the 101. Uh, But then I tried to get on the five. And I was, I was, sorry, I'm a little tired. It's late. Uh, <laughs> and I was on the five for a while. And then I started seeing these signs that said, I five closed at grapevine. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And let me just say this. Apple's maps navigation program is terrible because it never said on the GPS that the I five was closed it never gave me any alternative routes. I basically had to figure it out myself. So I had to Google if the I-5 was closed. I found out it was indeed closed since like 9.30 in the morning from accidents due to snow. And then uh, it still wasn't open. So I, because I left around four o'clock, I didn't get home till 3 a.m. Okay. So I ended up having to take this crazy windy uh, highway that went through the mountains where it was also snowing and it was slowed to 20 miles per hour by the CHP because they were doing traffic breaks. And, uh, yeah, it took me 11 hours to get home. That was with a two hour break. I took a two hour break in Bakersfield. I'm not even kidding you. That's where I stopped. So, oh, and I saw the Halliburton headquarters. I don't know if you're interested in that, but I saw it. It looked ominous. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, So I took a break at a Denny's (laughs) in Bakersfield. Let me tell you. um, Listen, I'm not not one of those like... 
I do think the NRA is bad. I think they're really bad. I don't think we need the NRA. But do I think that... Well, I do think we need gun control. Let me just say that. Okay. But do I wish that I had been armed that night in Bakersfield? Yes, I do. I honestly do. (laughs) There were so many. And I'm not trying to like be like, oh, I'm like this princess who can't be around uh, normal people, whatever that means. (laughs) But there were like so many shady people and I don't even want to Google it. I'm, I already, I'm positive that this is right. I'm, I'm 90% sure that Bakersfield is a place where there's a lot of like tweakers. Okay. Because, you know, at one point I was like sitting in my car and these, like these two women, like they come up to the, the window of my car and they're like, uh, we're very far from home and and i was like well me too (laughs) like what do you want me to say to that like she was like begging me for money but like that was her whole spiel was that she needed to get a hotel room because she was so far from home and i was like i'm far from home (laughs) i'm in bakersfield right now I'm so far from my luxurious studio apartment in South Los Angeles, okay? I'm so far away from my apartment. And she just, like, went away. She just, like, immediately went away. Um, Another guy, when I was, like, sitting in my car, he, <laughs> he like, tripped in front of... He, like, tripped on a curb in the parking lot in front of my car and then, like, tripped onto the hood of my car. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, I was like... I mean, is he just, like, drunk? Is he tweaking? Tweaking. (laughs) So stupid. Could you imagine, like, being on meth? Um, I can't. I hear that you like to clean things a lot when you're on meth. Maybe my apartment would be cleaner if I got a little hit of meth. Anywho, I didn't have my pepper spray on me. I didn't have any weapon, honestly. Do I wish I had had... You know, a tiny ladylike handgun in my purse? Yes, I do. Will I obtain a little ladylike gun to carry in my purse? I honestly may. That's how precarious shit is getting out here. It is precarious. So after going down multiple freeways and let me just say people in california like if if it rains they freak out on the roads snow i mean 90 percent chance somebody's gonna die that night because (laughs) people just don't know how to snow drive me expert snow driver pretty up there grew up in colorado i understand how to drive in the snow but i made it i made it down i was on so many freeways i was on the 101, the 5, the 580, the 880, the 99, the 14. Um, then eventually, I think I was back on the 5 again. <laughs> then the 101, then the 110. And then I made it home, you know. Um, it was wild. I'm pretty sure the highway I was on for a while that was snowing was the 58. But uh, who's counting? So, you know, like in the Californians. 
the 101 to the 5 to the 580 to the 880 to the 99 to the 14 to the 58 to the 5, the 101, and the 110. Horrifying. It was a nightmare. Easily in my top five worst drives of all time. Um, so yeah, next time I'm flying. <laughs> and that's that. Okay, so speaking of uh, possibly needing a tiny ladylike gun to carry in my purse. Um, the rumors are true. I was attacked at an open mic. <laughs> Not physically attacked. I was verbally attacked. I'm not gonna even gonna name this person. It doesn't matter. But I just wanted to talk about it real quick because it was something I did post about on Facebook about having to call the police at an open mic. Now, folks, I know what you're thinking, Heather. You still do open mics? Yeah, I do. I have some humility. Okay. And honestly, nothing is better than a nice little open mic once in a while. You know, you go there, uh, you fucking crush. You know, people are like, oh my God, you're so funny. And it's because, yeah, I've been doing this too long. Go to the mics. So I hit the mic. It's my second mic that night. And uh, yeah, this woman who I've barely interacted with, who has some issues she has some mental health issues okay and this is and and i'm empathetic towards her i think she needs help but she uh first of all she has me blocked on facebook (laughs) for reasons unknown like i've never even like really talked to her or interacted with her that much um but when i got to the mic she complimented something about i don't think it was my jacket i think it was my jacket she goes, I like your jacket. And I was just like, okay, thanks. Um, see, that's like so weird to me. If you have somebody blocked on social media, why would you even say anything to them? I'm blocking somebody on social media, you're blocking them from your entire life. Okay. So I was already like suspicious of her. I was like, what is she doing? What is she planning? What's going to happen? So later after the mic ended, I was sitting at the bar, you know, enjoying a nice glass of glass did i say glass sean connery glass um sometimes woman needs to be slapped around a little bit um (laughs) so i was joining enjoying a glass of pinot gris and this woman who was not well she comes up to me and she goes heather you know you're a bitch And I was just like, damn, like, this is like your opener. (laughs) That's fucked up. And then she's like, starts laying it on me. She's like, you know, you're a bitch. You think you're better than everyone. You think you're prettier than everyone. And in my head, I was kind of like, yeah, I am. (laughs) Because I am. I am better than a lot of people. I mean, I don't know what's so wrong about saying that. I am better than a lot of people. Look, I thought so low of myself for so many years. And therapy has given me some self-esteem. I'm reclaiming that. I'm better than a lot of people, okay? <laughs> She's like, you think you're, you know, you think you're better than me because you're pretty. And I was, and I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then she gets into the real shit. You know, Heather, you're mean. 
you're mean and you're a cunt. You're a mean cunt. And, and like, also, that's another thing. Like, you're saying these words that really mean nothing. You're calling me a cunt and a bitch. And it's like, yeah. And what of it? Like, I'm thinking of that Ariana Grande meme or gif where she's like, yeah, and what of it? Um, It's true. Like, because, you know, as a feminist, like, you kind of have to reclaim those words because... You know, some of the words that get used to tear women down, you know, like bitch, cunt, slut, you you kind of have to take those back and take them on and, you know, wear them and not be afraid of them. Um, because when I hear, you know, bitch or cunt, I think, you know, of a powerful woman. I think of someone who is so um, enmeshed with who she is and what she's about and um, willing to stand up to forces outside of herself, which could be in the form of, you know, people trying to tear her down. It could be in the form of institutionalized misogyny, um, in the form of rules that were put into place by uh, states and constitutions to repress her. And she's fighting back. And if that makes her a bitch, then so be it that I'm a bitch. Okay. But this is the craziest thing she said I was a bitch for. She said that I was a bitch. Drummel. Okay. She said I was a bitch because I didn't sleep on a guy with a guy who took me on one date. Yep. That's right. (laughs) She apparently knew about a guy who took me on a date, which was a bad date. It was really bad. I didn't want to see him again. I did not reach out to him. And he didn't call me. Thank God. Like, I was just like, okay, that's over. And then he, like, you know, sent me some drunk, like, middle of the night uh, DMs. And then, like, I don't know, something weird happened where he said that, well, he, he added me as a friend on Facebook, like, five months after our date, which is insane. Okay. And I foolishly accepted but I have like thousands of Facebook friends. So what does it matter? Um, so then he made a couple of weeks later, a comment on a joke post I had made telling me that, you know, he's like, this is a terrible post. You should be getting backlash for this. Like he was basically like saying, I wish you were getting harassed. And I just thought that was fucking crazy. He unfriended me by the way. Um, so I just like automatically blocked him. I'm you're blocked. You know, like, that was just, like, the craziest thing he could have said. And not to mention, on the date, he was just so, like, out of it. I mean, he was late, first of all. That's the first thing. Honestly, that should be the last thing. You know, when you're uh, you're on a date and you're fucking late. Date should be over at that point. But he was like 30 minutes late and I still was like, whatever, because I was it was in Santa Monica. I was basically trapped. Um, And then at the end of the date, he made me drive him home like I'm a fucking Uber driver, you know, because it was like the opposite direction of my luxurious studio apartment because he lives in like Hollywood somewhere. Yeah. And that really pissed me off. You know, you're supposed to be taking me on a date. That's how this is supposed to work. So you can either pick me up 
or we can meet at a place that you choose preferably. Okay, this guy was just so like flaky and out of it. But anyway, I'm the one, I'm the bitch, right? I'm a bitch because I didn't give him my pussy on a shitty date. And this is a woman telling me this. It's unbelievable. And I would say this is a symptom of internalized misogyny. Because in what universe is it fair that a woman who does have sex with a man is a slut and that a woman who doesn't have sex with a man is a bitch? Oh, yeah. It's um the Milky Way galaxy, folks. <laughs> it's this universe. It's the universe we live in now where this is acceptable. I think it's gross. Um, yeah, but the whole time she was yelling at me, I was really calm. Um, you know, obviously I've done a lot of self-work. I've been in therapy for 18 years on and off. I meditate, you know, I try to do all the things to work on myself and I didn't really react. I had, I just said like, you, you know, you should just leave. And then she wouldn't leave. And, you know, she started to get physical with people and I called the police and, uh, that's the whole story. That's it. They didn't uh, find her. They went looking for her because she tried to like, I don't know. She was like wandering up and down the streets. So I don't know. Like some people just aren't well, you know, and even even when they aren't well and they say things with the intent to hurt us, we can't really uh, take that personally. So I don't take this personally. I think that this woman needs help. Um, and that's pretty much my conclusion. You know, what what else am I going to do? That's it. God bless. Um, I did recently post a thirst trap on my Instagram. Thank you so much. Uh, just an ass shot asked by Pilates confidence by 18 years of therapy. So please check that out on my Instagram it may or may not be a message to somebody who is stalking me on social media. <laughs> I'm always getting stalked on social media. I swear to God. Like I have people looking on at my Instagram stories who aren't following me. And I just don't understand. Like they're just like looking at my Instagram stories and that that's it. Like they must feel like checking my profile without following me. Is that a thing? Do people like check up on profiles without following? I guess it is because I do it to certain profiles but is is this like a routine thing that people do because they want to keep their ratio down or something i don't know i'm just speculating anywho um one other thing i wanted to talk about uh i think i'm gonna save this for next time so next time next solo episode i want to talk about how we get more sensitive as we get older, because I feel like I'm just getting more and more sensitive. I cry more and more and, uh, it's becoming a problem. <laughs> Not really. Um, so I wanted to end tonight by reading a poem, a poem that I wrote. Okay. And, you know, I don't need feedback on this, but you know, I do write poetry. I've written poetry for a long time. I know that, like, it's supposed to be, like, not cool to say that you write poetry or even like poetry, but um, I'm putting together a collection, and I think it would be cool. Like, so I just wanted to give you guys, like, maybe a preview of 
um, some of the poems that might be in there. And I think this poem uh, really kind of shows the style that I like to do. I, I This one doesn't have a title. I'm not sure what the title was supposed to be. But anyhow, uh, so here it is. This is from uh, my poetry collection in 2006. On how many occasions did you seek my glance, asked he. Only dozens, said she. And how many times have you hoped for the touch of my hand, asked he. Only hundreds, sighed she. And for how many of my tight embraces have you wished, asked he. Only thousands, lamented she. And that of my kiss, how many were wasted on others, asked he. Only all, sulked she. And how long have you loved me, asked he. For infinite infinite moments forevermore confessed she and how many times have i broken your heart asked he only once complained she the first time was all it took but for times boundless again added she and when will you feel my love placed upon you asked he never balked she not when one of us dies nor when the other follows not when the sun engulfs the earth nor when the stars are swallowed by the night not when the gods convene for the final time, nor when judgment is complete. Yes, replied he. And what do I have clenched in my fist? asked he. That is my hope, crushed fully by thee, died she. Ooh, damn, that's a heavy one. I wrote that when I was 19. That's pretty good. What do you think? I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It'll look very interesting on paper. I mean... I like kind of like the visual nature of uh, laying out the stanzas and yeah, damn, I want to read some poems now. Like, I think I'm going to like go into my like Frank O'Hara books, uh, shout out Frank O'Hara, greatest American poet, IMO. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, shows, um, I'll just say this. I'm making my return to Roast Battle April 30th against Deidre Devlin. So uh, tune in on Periscope or come in person. Get your tickets. Um, And then this upcoming week, let's see. I'm on Mock Romance at Oino Vino. That's Friday, uh, February 22nd at 8 o'clock p.m. Oino Vino. And this upcoming Tuesday, which I believe is the 26th, I'm on Heavy Heavy Low Low Show at Barlubich. So come to those shows. And uh, February 23rd, I'm going to go try to see Robin at the Hollywood Palladium, but... You know, maybe I'll see you there if if you're a mover and a shaker, you know? If you're a social type of person, maybe I'll see you at the Robin concert. Okay, take care of yourself, guys. Bye.